This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Let's talk to Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. US markets have opened slightly lower, but of course, uh, markets are waiting plenty of data over the next couple of days. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's, it's a funny one because there's a lot of focus on earnings season this week and we have had a lot of earnings reports over the course of the last uh, day or so. But it doesn't seem to be really driving the markets in the same way that the economic data still is. It's still obviously interesting to hear from corporate America and understand how they view conditions and what the outlook is going to be and how challenging that first quarter was. But the economic data still seems to be the driving force. And there is a lot of it's come still this week. We've got things like the PC price index. That's the US Fed's preferred inflation figure. We've got income and spending data. We've got the ECI, which is a a major piece of data as far as the Fed is concerned with understanding the wages component. I think they buy more into the employment cost index than they do the wages figure, the monthly wages figure that we get. And we only get this figure once a quarter. So I think that's going to be a key component in understanding the sustainable inflationary pressures that we're going to be seeing. And if we see a low figure on that, that could be a major driver for where the terminal rate ultimately ends up. We've got things like jobless claims on Thursday. We've got GDP on Thursday as well. So that collection of data over those couple of days could give us a real strong insight into where we're headed. The only flip side to that is that this is coming slightly too early. I think we're a month or two away from having a a real understanding on uh, the trajectory for inflation in the labour market. I think in the next couple of months, we're going to see a sharp, a sharp decline in thing, things like payrolls. And I think we are going to see a sharp increase in things like jobless claims. And ultimately, that's going to affect the unemployment rate, the view on the slack in the labour market, how the rate hikes have taken hold, the impact on credit conditions from the mini banking crisis we saw last month. I think we're a couple of months away from that. So we'll get a lot of information, a lot of data over the course of the end of this week. And maybe we're just kind of in a wait and see pattern uh, as far as markets are concerned in the run up to that, even though, as I say, we've had a lot of earnings reports in the interim. You mentioned the US Fed there, Craig, and earlier we had some comments from the Bank of Japan's new governor, and those were ahead of this meeting, very important meeting, later on in the week. He said very specifically that tightening now could cause a grave situation in future. Now, I guess you could argue that tweaks to yield curve control isn't necessarily tightening per se, but the central bank itself may view it as that. He did also say that there's a lag in monetary policy and that if inflation and wages rise more than expected, that they will tighten monetary policy, such as raising interest rates further down the line. But the impression you got from these comments and a selection of others does suggest that they are content with the yield curve control policy tool for now, despite the disruptions that we saw in the markets over the last six to 12 months, the constant currency interventions that we were seeing at a period when the yen was incredibly weak in the markets. Uh, They still seem to be content and inflation has been above their target now for a number of months. They still think this is cost push. They think this is being driven by external forces, uh, by one-off rises in things like energy and food, um, which is causing this rather than domestically driven sustainable wage growth type inflation. So that's they're still of the view that that's the case. There was a theory at one point that the new governor could bring a new kind of train of thought and we could start to see the removal of yield curve control. But everything 
everything that we've heard today and also combined with what we've heard from him over the course of the last month suggests that it's still a little bit too soon on that front. So we're unlikely to see any tweaks at this policy meeting on Friday, but never say never. Central banks have surprised before. It's been a turbulent few weeks for oil, Craig, but the price is now stabilised. Of course, we saw uh, that big fall in the oil price following the banking crisis. Then after the OPEC Plus announcement, it went right back up again. And now we're back to more near normal levels. Yeah, it does. It's basically sell back in that range that we were trading in between December and March before all of this kicked off. And it suggests at least that many people were premature calling for $100 oil in the aftermath of that OPEC Plus decision. Now, of course, the decision itself did catch people off guard. It wasn't well communicated prior to this. It occurred over the weekend, which created a jolt on the open. So we saw a gap open on that Monday. Um, but it seems that maybe people are coming around to the idea that it may be the right decision, that the impact of higher interest rates, much higher interest rates, and also tighter credit conditions on the back of the mini banking crisis last month may actually slow the economy to the extent that warrants uh, lesser production, especially if the group does want to see oil prices trading in this kind of 70 to $90 range. Now, of course, things can change. The outlook can change. It's still very uncertain and it's still subject to significant change if the data does warrant it. I do think we are going to see shifts in the data a lot over the course of the next couple of months. The outlook for these things can change. And of course, OPEC Plus can continue to tweak their output levels. But the fact that we're settling back in the middle of that range suggests that the announcement by OPEC Plus probably kind of reflects the changing dynamics in the environment and in the outlook for both global crude demand, but also the global economic outlook as well. And that should come as a bit of a relief, maybe, because the fear with $100 oil wasn't just the fact that we are in a cost of living crisis. There was the inflationary fear as well. If they're generating fresh inflation, then our central bank's going to have to continue to tighten and further compound that pain. If we're settling back in the range of December through March, an area where OPEC plus seems relatively content, but also there wasn't that much uproar to oil prices as we've seen so often over the course of the last couple of years then perhaps that's a relatively good balance for both sides craig Earlham in london thanks for joining us today thank you market insights the market pulse podcast by oanda 